What's good, everyone? Welcome into episode 58 of the Two Stripes Podcast, the podcast that covers everything happening in the world of college football. My name is Colton Denning, and I am your host, coming to you from beautiful Oakland, California, on Wednesday, September 12th, 2018. I want to open up the show with where you can find the show, and that's by going to soundcloud.com slash twostripespod, subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts. Just search the Two Stripes Podcast. You can find this episode, all the old episodes, and every future episode of the show there. And you can find it on my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash Colton Denning. Find the show and some other cool college football highlight videos up there as well. Hard to believe that we're already in week three of the season. The The offseason feels like it takes forever and is so slow. But then once we get into the actual playing of the games, it goes by so quick. And the fact that we're already in week three is a little bit crazy. But looking forward to it because it should be a really fun week of games. And we're starting to get to that point of the season now where literally every single week is like, okay, there's at least two or three huge games that are going to shape the rest of the season. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about one of those games potentially. And that's an SEC matchup between LSU and Auburn. If you don't know anything about this game, this is one of my favorite low-key rivalries in college football. Both these fan bases don't like each other at all, and a lot of crazy stuff happens whenever LSU and Auburn play. So this was a fun episode to record. I spoke with one of the contributors over at collegeandmagnolia.com, SB Nation's Auburn site, Son of Crow. We, we kept it anonymous this week with our guests, so I spoke to him about this rivalry, about the Auburn side of things, and really just how he thinks this one is going to shake out and what to watch for. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get an LSU guest, but that's all right. I think Crow did a really good job of breaking down this game and just looking at it from Auburn's point of view and what you can expect. So let's get right into it and preview the Tiger Bowl. I'm excited to talk about the Auburn-LSU rivalry with one of the staff writers over at collegeandmagnolia.com, Son of Crow. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Always a great time to talk about the Tiger Bowl, as they used to call it. Yeah, so everybody knows about Auburn and Alabama and what that rivalry means for college football and, and how people in, in that state feel about it. But how do Auburn fans feel about LSU and, and what's that rivalry like? Well, this is one of those rivalries where every game is just weird. That's the only way most Auburn and LSU fans can describe it is that, like, all we know is that every year we're going to play this bizarre, weird game, and it's going to be probably the third or fourth game of the year every year against LSU. And it, and that's kind of been the way it's been since I've been following Auburn football. I mean, that's just – the game is always just whatever you think is going to happen doesn't happen. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that and, and how the game goes because even going back to – it always seems that there's like either a moment or something really stupid happens. Like back in 2007, there was the last second LSU touchdown mm. with Les Miles. In 2010, there was the Cam Newton run against Patrick Peterson and kind of right. them them elevating to, to where they ended up that year winning the national championship there was the last play of the 2016 game, which kind of ended Les Miles' tenure at LSU. And then last year, Auburn gets out to a 20 to nothing lead. LSU comes back and wins 27 to 23. What What is it about this game that's just so crazy? 
Well, it's this game, if you were to describe uh, college football as a type of music, there's an episode of Parks and Recreation where they played jazz on top of jazz, and that's kind of the joke on the NPR station. <laughs> that's what this game is. It's jazz on jazz on jazz. Let's just let's play three songs at the same time and, uh, and see how it sounds. It, I don't know. It's just this is, a, this is the rivalry that every single game seems to have a name. There's the cigar game. There's the, uh, the game that the stadium burned down. They called the barn burner. There's all these different names for the games. There's a pass interference game. There's the camera run game. Every game seems to have a name, and there's no better way for Les Miles' career to have ended than in an Auburn LSU game that ended the way that it did. That's just the way that uh, it's just poetic justice. Not I loved Les Miles even as a, an Auburn fan. I loved Les Miles, but it was just uh, it's just perfect that it had to be an Auburn LSU game ending in a weird and just bonkers way. That brought him brought him, brought him down. So looking at this year's game and kind of where Auburn's already been through two games this season, they started out the year playing Washington and Atlanta. Do you think that playing a game of that magnitude, not that it gives them an advantage because LSU played Miami and Dallas, but just for their sake kind of will help settle them down that this isn't really the first huge game of the year. They're not just playing you know, an FCS school and then Alabama State last week and then going straight into LSU. Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, Auburn was on a two-game losing streak coming into that game. They lost to Georgia in the SEC championship game and then lost to the national champs, UCF, in the Peach Bowl. So Auburn on a two-game losing streak, then able to kind of get off the schneid against Washington, kind of is, I mean, that's a bigger deal than I think most people are making it out to be because you saw, like, I mean, we beat Georgia beat Alabama and then to turn around and have the whole season kind of the air let out of the balloon against Georgia and UCF. We really want, I really personally wanted to see how Jarrett Stidham would respond and how the offensive coordinator and offensive line would respond um, to that kind of season ending uh, last year. And they really did, I think, admirably against a really good Washington team. So I think confidence has got to be at an all time high for Auburn coming into this game, which probably means Auburn's going to lose on a last second. Hail Mary, throw from a fullback or something. I appreciate what you did with the UCF National Championship drop right there. If anything, this podcast absolutely supports UCF's 2017 national title. Um, you brought up Jarrett Stidham and, and how not only he but the offense would respond, but just in, in regards to him, he was good against a, a really tough Washington secondary and defense overall, like you said. And he didn't have to do much of anything against Alabama State last week. What are what what have been the expectations of him this season? Because he came in, he played really well last year. What what's that next step for Stidham in this offense? Well, he's an incredibly accurate passer. That's the the thing about Stidham that makes him great compared to some other quarterbacks is that he he it's not it's not unusual for Stidham to start a game six for six. Like he'll he'll come out of the blocks pretty pretty good um against against even washington i think he, i want to say he started like 10 for 10 against washington or something crazy like that against a really good washington secondary like you said um so the expectations for him are more than just game management because he does he doesn't turn the ball over much but because his arm is such is so live and he can actually make some pretty incredible throws and this is only the second time that gus has had a returning quarterback Two year, I mean, two years in a row, the same quarterback. Um, I think the expectations are really, really high for Jarrett Spitham. Uh, maybe too high. I think a lot of Auburn fans are, you know, already getting the statue built. 
You know what I mean? Like in their heads, they're already like, you know, this guy has the talent to be a Heisman Trophy winner type quarterback. So the expectations couldn't be any higher for Jarrett Stidham. So I'm actually, I'm thinking he'll have a decent game against LSU, but at some point, what I'm interested to see is when he does play a good secondary and they force him into making a mistake, uh, how does he respond after that? So I think that's my, and it might be this game. LSU's got athletes all over the field. Well, the good news for him is that Auburn's already run for almost 600 yards in two games this season. What stands out about this year's run game? Because just looking at the stats, there is a couple of very young running backs on this team. Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, a running back by committee. Or the joke that I like that I'm trying to force is the, the rushing collusion. The running back by committee at Auburn right now, we're, we're still waiting on the guy to emerge. And one thing, what's funny about that is that one of the knocks on Gus by a lot of Auburn fans has been that once Gus determines who his running back is going to be, he runs that guy into the ground. He'll run him 35, 45 times in a game. Um, and so the last couple of years, you've seen one back in the season fairly banged up. Carryon uh, Johnson led the SEC in rushing last year. But the last two games of the season, he was a shell of himself. Auburn fans kind of don't want the running back by committee because we want a guy to establish himself. But we also don't really want a guy to establish himself to the point that Gus just runs until the wheels fall off. Right now, I think my personal favorite, I love, I love the way Cam Martin runs the ball because he's a one-cut runner, very different from what we've had in the past. He doesn't have the patience that a carry-on Johnson had. But then on the off the bench, you've got Sean Shivers had an amazing game against you know Alabama State, but Jar- Jatarvius Whitlow or Booby Whitlow as he's called is a really powerful back, redshirt freshman. I think, like you said, it's just a lot of young kids, and this is the type of game under the lights against LSU that somebody usually establishes himself. What's the key for Auburn's offense in this game? Like you said, LSU has a lot of really talented dudes just everywhere, whether it's line, linebackers, or in secondary, they're going to be without maybe their best player, Kalevin Chasen, linebacker, is going to be out for the rest of the season with an injury. How big is that, and what do you think the key is for Auburn's offense to be consistent in this game? It's big. I mean, that's that's a he's an incredible player. Yeah, he's an incredible player. So, so him being out, it's a big deal for Auburn. But I think because the key to this game for Auburn is going to be blocking that LSU front seven. So Auburn's offensive line, new offensive line coach this year, a couple of new offensive line players, a couple guys are in the league from last year's team. And so you're trying to replace NFL talent with guys that just aren't experienced. We have a transfer from Boston College playing right tackle for us. He came in and immediately won the job, which kind of makes you think, you know, who who did he beat out? Like, was the cupboard bare enough that he came in and just immediately, there was no question who the starting right tackle was going to be. So can we block, can Auburn block that LSU front seven enough for Stidham to find those young receivers and running backs? Shifting to the defense here, what do you think Auburn's biggest advantage is in this game throughout just that that matchup of LSU's offense and not really still knowing what they're bringing to the table with Joe Burrow at quarterback? Yeah, Auburn's front seven is really, really good. Um, Auburn's, besides Clemson, I think Auburn's got the best defensive line going. And that's saying a lot, and I and I really I believe that I think that Auburn lost a defensive lineman to the pros, yet they might be better this year than they were last year on the defensive line. Then they've got experience in uh, in the linebacking positions. I mean, it's it's not just that they are 
it's not that just they are good, they are good and experienced. And so I think there's not going to be a whole lot LSU does against Auburn. Like Deshaun Davis, Auburn's linebacker, is could lead the SEC in tackles this year. He's a he's an amazing player. And so I think you know guys like that are really going to give Burrow fits on Saturday. Let's talk about that because Burrow is 21 of 44, 40 for 47 percent through his first two games this season he much like Stidham last week when LSU I think played Southeast Louisiana he really wasn't asked to do much he's thrown two two touchdowns no interceptions what do you think the threshold is for feeling comfortable about Auburn winning this game like if Joe Burrow throws 30 times is that like okay that we have a good shot at winning I think if Auburn yeah if, if Auburn can force Joe Burrow to throw 30 times Auburn's won that won the game. I think that's exactly that's exactly the threshold. Because I think if Joe Burrow is the like he's the perfect LSU quarterback. You know what I mean? He's just a guy. And so, but but when they have those guys who are completely just guys, they win national championships. Like every year LSU's won a national championship, it's been with a quarterback that you could not pick out of a lineup. And so if you let him manage the game and let him get comfortable back there, he can pick you apart. It's just don't let them establish the run. Make Burrow beat you over the top. And uh, and I think then at that point, Auburn will have, have a decent game. What's your biggest worry about Auburn's defense against this LSU offense? My biggest worry about Auburn's defense is that the, our best corner might be a converted wide receiver. So that might, that's our biggest – my biggest uh, – we lost um, Carlton Davis to the, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and replaced him with Noah Igbenogany which is a great name. Noah Benogany, who was playing a wide receiver last year, uh, they converted him to corner, and he immediately won the boundary corner position. So, like, how does that happen? How does a, <laughs> how does a wide receiver come in and just beat all everybody out to the starting corner job? So uh, I'm a little worried about our secondary in that. And, uh, you know, and again, like, Burrow, Burrow's not – we're not playing um, Tom Brady, but we're also – he is capable of making some throws. And so if our corners can't play good technique, then it could be a problem. Yeah, that juxtaposition between like, oh, damn, the former wide receiver won a DB job. He must be a hell of an athlete. And wait a second, yeah. why is this guy winning the starting DB yeah. job right away? Now, both his parents were in the Olympics. So athletically, he, okay. he's a stud, but still like, what in the world? You don't want to see that happen necessarily. Also, shout out to Jamel Dean as an Ohio State fan. It's been fun um, watching him finally hit the field for Auburn. I think he had a pick in that Washington game. I know he got hurt afterwards, but good to see Jamel Dean on the field, and we'll see how Auburn's defense matches up against LSU. Two-part question here, and we're about to wrap up here on the podcast. Auburn wins this game if what happens, and then secondly, Auburn loses this game if what happens. Auburn wins this game if it, if it scores 28 points. I really, really think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring Ball game. So I think if Auburn can get 20, maybe even 21, shoot, you, Auburn scores 21 points this, this ball game. So that, that would mean for them to do that, the Auburn offense is going to have to put some points on the board and the Auburn defense is going to have to play lights out, lights out, um, which I think they're capable of doing. And the Auburn offense just can't allow points off of turnovers. I think that's the main thing. I think LSU is going to force turnover. Or two, I just don't. I just need it to not be in the in Auburn's own end of the field. Kind of play the field position game, and uh, and keep 
and keep LSU in their end of the field. Auburn loses this game if uh, the turnovers end up killing them. I think that's that's it. It's not necessarily limiting. I think they're going to happen just because this defense, LSU's defense, is extremely fast, extremely physical, and extremely opportunistic. So I think Auburn loses the game if those turnovers, if LSU scores off those turnovers, or if those turnovers occur, you know, too close to the end zone. And then finally, what is your prediction for Saturday? Uh, my prediction for Saturday is an Auburn win. I really just looking at talent-wise and the way these teams played at the end of last year, teams Auburn has beaten, I predict Auburn to win to win this game. I predict them to win around 28 to, let's say, 10. So I don't, I don't, I don't even think it's going to be that close in the second half. I think in the first half it's going to be a nail-biter. But I think Auburn kind of pulls away. Well, no matter what, it should be fun. It's on CBS, so you know it's going to be a good time. And even if – it isn't a close game. You know some stupid shit is going to happen because it's LSU-Auburn, baby. That's what it's all about. If you want to go and check any of the coverage on this game and the rest of the college football season from an Auburn perspective, be sure to check out all of Son of Crow's work over at College in Magnolia. They are at collegeinmagnolia.com, and they are on Twitter at College and Mag. Do you have anything you want to plug, man, before we get out of here? Yeah, um... We got a podcast going. It's not. We're just kind of getting it started, and uh, it's the Orange and True podcast on on iTunes. I think you can find it at College of Magnolia as well. So that's the the only thing I got to plug. And I'm doing a little bit of a series of uh, of joke posts where I interview people from history and try to shoehorn in comparisons to Auburn football. So if you're into that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing, check those out on the site. Hey, I I know I'm into it. I will definitely check it out and be sure to check out the Orange and True podcast up on apple Podcasts. all right that that wraps it up man thank you for joining the show I, I appreciate it and i can't wait to watch auburn and lsu on saturday no worries colton thanks war eagle newton up the middle no i'm sorry he goes right still loose oh did he accelerate how about oh, my that? goodness touchdown auburn I feel like we're definitely getting a fake punt or a fake field goal for a touchdown. So something stupid is going to happen that keeps up the tradition of this series just being crazy. I think Auburn has the clearer and more realistic path to winning this game with what they have in that front seven on defense and just Stidham being able to make plays. The run game, if they're able to just chew up four or five yards a pop, they can stay ahead of LSU's defense and not let them attack as much as Dave Aranda wants to and for LSU it it just feels like something crazy is going to have to happen that if they win this game it's going to have to be in the most LSU way possible where Joe Burrow is like 8 of 22 passing but throws three touchdowns because LSU's defense turned over Auburn like four times in their own territory. LSU was able to capitalize, but only gain like 210 yards of offense, but still win somehow. So long story short, it should be a lot of fun. Should be crazy. It'll be in Auburn in front of that ruckus crowd. That's always a great environment, especially when they play a team like LSU. So super excited to watch that on CBS this Saturday. Thanks to Son of Crow once again for joining the show. Visit collegeinmagnolia.com and follow them on Twitter at College and Mag to be updated with everything that happens in this game and Auburn going forward. 
Also, a big thank you to you, the listener, for checking out today's show. And I hope you liked it, and I hope you come back for next week's episode. And if you want to, go to Apple Podcasts, search the Two Stripes Podcast, subscribe there. Also, find the show soundcloud.com slash two stripes pod and on my youtube channel youtube.com slash colton denning and if you want to follow me on twitter you can at dubsco that wraps up today's episode want to thank you one last time for listening i hope everybody enjoys the weekend of college football if you're on that eastern seaboard please stay safe from that hurricane get out of there if you're in the carolinas but hope everybody is doing all right all of our friends on the eastern seaboard stay safe this weekend and everyone else enjoy the week of college football and i will talk to you next week here on the two stripes podcast